everybody, uh, Merry Christmas to you and yours. It is Friday, December 23rd at 1.31, just after lunchtime for most of you, many of you. Perhaps you're uh, taking the day off as you get ready for Christmas. Perhaps you're uh, getting a little bit of work done. Hopefully you're heading out of the office soon. Here in sunny central Indiana, it's minus 7 with a wind chill of negative 30. As I look out the, the bleak frozen tundra uh, scene out of my window, it, uh, I'm happy I'm in here with a cozy hooded sweatshirt on. Speaking of cozy hooded sweatshirts, you know what would be great? If you want one, not like this because this is Nike, not even a good brand. I've never even heard of them before I got the sweatshirt. You should go to martinvintage.com. Uh, head over there right now. Grab a sweatshirt. You saw a picture on Twitter, if you follow us on Twitter. My dad, he bought a, a very good-looking, classic uh, Martin Vintage sweatshirt. He entered Boiled at checkout. He got 15% off. By the way, that's all true. He did it without telling me, and he did use the Boiled uh, uh, code when he checked out. Really nice-looking sweatshirt. It's got a classic uh, Purdue seal or crest on it, and then it's got the Block P, the old-timey Block P. And uh, when you want to show your sweatshirt off when you're on campus, go over to AJ's on Vine. Before you go there, eataj's.com, order ahead, grab yourself something delicious. Uh, enjoy the warmth inside while it's cold outside when you go to your next Purdue basketball game. And I got to go to a Purdue basketball game this week, uh, which was a lot of fun. I got to, uh, a friend of mine uh, got me tickets to the New Orleans game, and it was great. Uh, I got to go with a, another buddy of mine. Um, had a really good time watching this weird, unusual lineup, uh, a very different version of the Purdue basketball team as we're watching uh, the guys get uh, get announced, get uh, introduced to the crowd. I notice you got Mason Gillis and Caleb First in the lineup and no All-American to be found. No Zach Eady. Not only not checking in, I said, well, that was nice. Zach Eady stepped out of the way to let Gillis play as he got back off his back injury. But no, that wasn't the case. Another account, pretty amazing, from somebody uh, on Twitter. Twitter knows everything. Is a Purdue fan walking up to Mackie Arena saying, I just saw Zach Eady leave Mackie Arena. Zach was a little bit under the weather. Supposedly, he was feeling great at like 3 or 4. And uh, by 7 o'clock, he was not good. And uh, by 9, by tip-off... He was, uh, he was ready to spend time in his apartment, hopefully up in a blanket, getting cozy, getting healthy. Um, in Zach Eady's stead, you got to see uh, a really different-looking look, uh, Purdue lineup. Um, you got to see Trey Kaufman-Wren absolutely play an excellent game. He was 8 for 10 from the field, scored 22 points, was the player of the game. Um, one thing that was really noteworthy to me is I kind of thought this Purdue basketball team would look like that team at this point, if that makes any sense. I thought that with Zach Eady, this team would look like that team. Kind of struggling a little bit, having unusual lineup issues as Painter tried to piece things together. Um, because, you know, usually when a couple freshmen are plugged in right away, you have that issue. You have a continuity issue. You have maybe a, a team that doesn't look like you think they're going to look. And, uh, yeah, the our Boilermakers were definitely not what we had – uh, become accustomed to seeing them be. The, the offense looked very different. Um, I watched Brian Newbert's postgame rap. Very good. He had some good thoughts. And he talked about how he thinks that Trey Goffman-Wren would undoubtedly, undoubtedly be a starter if it was not for Zach Eady. On top of Eady being sick, 
Caleb first was a little under the weather, and he played. I don't know the symptoms of anybody and why some were kept out and some were not. But um, uh, so first was a little. I don't want to say sluggish. He had pretty uh, some pretty great plays. I mean, one of my favorite plays of the game was um, New Orleans had trouble at times dealing with Purdue's physicality, and they were doing everything they could. If you if you were there and you were watching off the ball, New Orleans was playing a brand of basketball. They were clearly told by their coach, rough these guys up, do everything you can, fo- force officials to call the fouls. When it was off ball, they were it would look like uh, blocking drills uh, in shoulder pads and helmets for a football team. They were just kind of straight arm checking Purdue guys as they would cut through the lane or come across to set a pick. Um, and who could blame them, right? Do that until the refs stop you. Um, but obviously, on top of Trey Kaufman Wren's uh, excellent, excellent game, uh, Braden Smith took the game over in a couple at a couple stanzas. Specifically, with about six and a half, seven minutes left in the first half, Braden Smith played just an incredible brand of basketball. On defense, he was pesky and pestering the New Orleans guards. On offense, he was knocking down shots. Pretty impressive stuff from Smith. Um, He looked great. He absolutely flipped the game. I think at that point, when he came in, Purdue was down one. When he left the game, Purdue was up 20 I think maybe they're up 21. It was an incredible display of what he's capable of and how good he can be. One thing he was doing, though, that was great is they New Orleans had a couple guards that were pretty effective. And clearly, Painter said, go in there and slow this guy down. He gets in there, and he is on that guy to 90 feet. And even before the ball would be inbounded, he would be up on him. And then if they try to pass in, he tried to knock it away just to kind of it wasn't going to get a Purdue a turnover, I think, but he was just being in the guy's head, being in his face, and it was really, really an impressive brand of basketball. Like many of you guys have said, he's a lot like an Aaron Kraft type of guy. He's um, he's an extremely effective point guard, and we can start the debate, I think, officially. Many of you have already done it. Maybe we've talked about it. Is he already in consideration for being one of Purdue's best point guards. He surely is one of the best in my lifetime. I can already say that, which is incredible. What, 11, 12 games in? Uh, what is Purdue right now? I think they're, tw- well, they're 12 and 0, so I was right the first time. So uh, 12 games in, he already looks the part. He makes amazing decisions. He His vision is incredible. If you don't see that, I would highly suggest go to a game and w- just watch what he's seeing. See how quickly he sees guys in the corner and how much better he sees it than um, than the the opponents. By the way, I just wanted to I just realize YouTube's doing this to me again. I do not have any notifier that you guys are here in the chat. Uh, I apologize. I don't know how to change that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but oh, there it is, showing up. Good. I'm a genius. I'm a computer genius. I tell you. But um, so I'll get to maybe interact with a couple of you. Appreciate you guys uh, being here. Uh, really appreciate it. If you're if just because it's Christmas time. But anyway, so so I know I'm late on my reaction to the New Orleans game. And there's a couple reasons. One, I had already started that project. If you've been on the site already, I had already started the project of my way to fix the NCAA football postseason problem, the bowl game problem that clearly is a big issue. And I talk about the mot- uh, the motivators that need to be put in place, I think, to change and make the postseason better. 
I thought about it a lot. I worked on it a lot. A lot of you guys said, thanks for the production value. It's way different, way better than what I usually do. But if you go back further, if you've been here a while, I know we've, I think back when I used to do, when I first started doing quick casts on the, the video, uh, in the video medium, uh, it was different. I would do about a 10 minute produced quick cast. And I told everybody that 10 minute show took about an hour to produce because I did, I'd do some notes, I'd put together what I was going to do, then I would record, and then I would edit, and I'd add bumpers, I'd add music, a lot in there. And it, I don't think anybody noticed or cared. When I started going to live feeding like this, not putting any graphics at all on it, um, our numbers started creeping up. And I think it's because the instant reaction type stuff. I think a lot of people dig that. And just getting on here, interacting with one another has been really, really great, I think, for me. I know it has for you guys, some of you guys, and I appreciate it. But the funny thing is some of you guys don't remember that because you didn't watch the show back then. So if you want to see what it used to be in the old times, uh, the, the origins of the quick cast, check that out. I, uh, it's produced a little different. It's a little longer than I wanted it to be. I mean, I had that thing. I recorded that. It took 29 minutes of record time. I cut it down to 22 or 23, I believe. I added some graphics. I added some, I, I did a whole thing where I, I put together a tournament bracket, what it might look like. I found a typo in it, which you'll find it pretty quickly. I'd call it out. Um, and I didn't know how to edit that out other than saying, yeah, I screwed up. But uh, yeah, it took a little bit of time. LBD helped me out with it. And if you, if you like thinking about theoretical things that can make college football better, you'll enjoy that video. Anyway, let me get back to the Purdue basketball discussion. I want to talk about something. So I, I apologize for not getting the New Orleans thoughts out quickly. But I think many of you were like me. You're like, okay, it's a New Orleans game. It's not that big of a deal. Also, I was on the highway. I was on I-65 sitting for about 15, 20 minutes. Because, of course, when you're driving back at 1.30, you expect to have traffic come to a standstill on I-65. I should have taken, taken 52. I didn't, though. Um, and I paid for it. And so I got home. I went to bed at like 2.30. I was not ready to do something the next morning. I'd already started recording that other one. So anyway. But one, one thing I wanted to say, and my, my friend that was with me at the game, he said, well, I think we can officially say these shooting woes are a thing. This isn't just something that was kind of uh, fleeting. This, this slump that Purdue is in, from a shooting standpoint, is very, very real. And it's, it's not all over the court. They're, they're, they're doing a good job um, hit, knocking down mid-range jumpers. They're not shooting that poorly in there. But the three-point shooting has been pretty bad the last three games. And the correlation, you know, you look at the brand of basketball when you're not hitting your three that's a big deal um obviously when zach Eady's not there that's a big deal when you have certain was it courtney whatever his name is the the ref calls a different type of game doesn't know how to officiate zach Eady or a big seven footer he's proven it over years that's a big deal but these three games <clears throat> i would say you could either a say this is just a slump maybe you could say this is something with freshmen playing a significant role i haven't really broken down that far but one thing, even outside of the freshman, Ethan Morton is shooting the ball a lot more poorly than he had, did last year. I talked to a couple people on Twitter and uh, on, the, um, on the knucklehead board <clears throat> about that. Guys like that need to hit their open shots just because they don't get a lot of looks. On top of that, Brandon Newman, I think, is shooting a little bit under what he was shooting last year. Maybe, and this is what my buddy and I were talking about during the game, <clears throat> maybe Purdue's depth is actually a little bit detrimental at this point. I've been trying to come up with a theory on what's happening. But as a shooter, you need to kind of get into rhythm. And Purdue is not able to get into a, sh a shooting rhythm, perhaps, because guys are rotating in so regularly. Think about all the guys that take shots on this team. 
I mean, almost everybody's a three-point shooter. And Painter's main goal is to keep these guys fresh for the end of the game. And in doing so, he's rotating. He's rotating guys a lot. So let's look at that. Nebraska. In the Nebraska game, which was, of course, their 12-0 was a win. They're all wins. But Purdue shot the three-pointer. Uh, they hit 24% of them. The free throw shooting was not great in that game. Shot only 60%. And I would say they need to get up above that 70% watermark to really be effective as a team. And then finally, rebounding, I think, is another big data point you should look at. Purdue had 32 boards in that game. Davidson. Three-point shooting, of course, we talked about this, 12%. Michael summed up the game really well. Um, free throw shooting was excellent, though, 75.7%. They didn't get to the line that much in that game, though. That was a big deal. They didn't shoot that many free throws. And then, of course, rebounded the ball 31 times. New Orleans, all the way up to nearly 30% three-point shooting, 29.3%. But really, for big chunks of that game, they were down. They were not shooting it well. Um, Free throw shooting was excellent, nearly 80%. And that's like the third time this year, if you round up, that they've shot 80% from the free throw line. That's awesome. Um, and then, of course, their rebounding was a little bit down, 24 rebounds. And those last two, it's funny, the, the free throw shootings, I don't think they shot quite as many as they have on the season because Edie's not there and he's not getting to the line. And, of course, rebounding, Edie's, that's one big difference. Trey Kaufman Wren does not rebound the, wall, the ball the way Zach Edie does. Zach Edie grabs everything that's out there. Uh, he is an amazingly effective player on the boards. He's amazingly effective as, number one, filling space. And his lateral movement, his side-to-side -side movement, his ability to get his base really wide. And then when he goes up to defend shots, if you watch, he goes completely vertical. He's talked about this is a, a big thing he takes a lot of pride in, and it has worked. It has worked so well. He alters the shots he doesn't block. He's incredibly effective. He deserves all the accolades he's gotten so far in the season, and he's been so steady. But that game versus New Orleans was a great opportunity to see what Purdue is like without him. When I say is, I mean, okay, this is still the lineup. But these parts are still pretty good, but they need Zach Eady right now. There's no doubt. Um, anyway, I, I think that I don't want to overanalyze it. I want to get too upset about the fact that Purdue can't shoot the three right now. And I don't want to say this is something like if we really extrapolate it out, okay, Lawyer's not shooting as well as Painter. Painter said over and over, he's a really good shooter. He's just not shooting as well as he can right now. If you watched him high school, incredible shooter. There's one thing to think about. Um, he's, he is getting open looks. They say, he talks about that, how different that is, because when Edie's in there, he gets really open looks and clean kickouts. Uh, but... I don't think there's anything to worry just yet, but I would look back, I, and I did, statistically versus those other those teams, West Virginia, Duke, and Gonzaga, or West, West Virginia, Gonzaga, and Duke. Those games, they shot right around 38 to 42% from three as a team. That's a big difference maker. That's a huge thing when you have everybody collapsing down on Edie and you kick it out and the shots are actually made. They, they break the other team's back. They force them to then sag off Edie, which he becomes more effective. They open up the middle where he can get more rebounds. If they miss, all these things work together. So Purdue really needs to figure out the shooting problem because if they don't, that number one ranking is going to be pretty fleeting. It's great, though. This is, this is great. Now let's look at the bright side. Let's look at the sunny side. Purdue has now held on to the, the number one ranking for uh, what we're, we're looking at two polls now and on Monday when the poll comes out after Christmas they'll probably not be number one again just because they doubled up UConn on the number one votes last week 
Um, UConn and Purdue are not really playing the strength of their schedule. One lousy thing, if you guys keep an eye on this, which I like to do this when Purdue's good, you look at the computer rankings, the algorithms. Purdue is dropping like a stone right now in Ken Palm. They've gone from fourth to seventh and play, while winning and playing minimal games just because the computers don't like the fact that they're uh, playing weak teams. Uh, conversely, it's funny to me, you look at the teams that are in front of them on Ken Palm, and obviously this is an unbiased poll, but there's only one other undefeated team, and that is UConn. They're second. But all these other teams have a loss. So I kind of take that with a bit of a grain of salt. Um, the other thing is the net. Purdue has fallen a couple spots. They're down to fourth um, in the net. Uh, but still, they are number one in the AP poll, which is, like I said earlier, really unimportant this time of year. But enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that Purdue is number one, and that's pretty awesome. And it was great to be in Mackey Arena for the first time ever a Purdue basketball team, a number one, a number one ranked Purdue basketball team, played in the hallowed halls of Mackey Arena. So a couple of you guys have left comments. I want to, I want to get into that real quickly. Um, let's see. Uh, Ted Berkey says, stay warm today. Dude, this thing is so warm. I mean, like I'm almost – I'm on the edge of sweating right now, honestly. Um, Nathan Anderson says, says I got to go uh, to work tonight in non-climate controlled warehouse. Yikes, man. Seriously, be safe. I scraped off my car last night. It was minus 27 wind chill. And in, I, I went out and I was not cold. And then within five minutes, I felt awful. Like it just like it was attacking me, messed with all my eyes and my sinus. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Midwest Toker says Purdue is a deep team. There is no doubt Purdue is a deep, deep team. They have demonstrated in many ways. Um, Painter has a t oh I wanted to talk about that I'll get one more thing he he had the one of the worst screwiest lineups for about a three minute period before Smith came back in the in the game I was looking down I was like wow this is not a great lineup you just look at the way those guys played together uh, the funny thing is David Jenkins wasn't really looking for his shot either which was weird I think he's a guy who always looks for his shot I kind of thought that I don't know if he was just like okay I'm gonna pick a theme I'm gonna do something a little different I'm gonna look to distribute. He wasn't looking at his shot. I think he only shot the ball twice. I think he hit both of them. I'm not positive. Uh, let me look at the box score real quick to make sure about that. Uh, Jenkins, was, okay, I'm way off. He was one for four. Okay, so he shot the ball four times, which really isn't that much for him, but he was one for four. So maybe he wasn't feeling it. Maybe he was a little under the weather too and didn't tell. Who knows? But, um, yeah, Painter screwed around with the lineup the other night I, uh, just to, I think, see what happened. Those 9 o'clock tip-offs are death. I can tell you as a 47-year-old, I hate those things, but... Uh, maybe you guys disagree. Whatever. They're awful. To get home, if you're going to Chicago or Indy, it's so difficult. And they're always midweek. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to never see those again. Nathan Hostetler says, I uh, just saw Purdue with uh, three separate freshmen, each with a 20-point uh, game. That is an awesome stat. Um, it speaks to a lot of things. It does speak to their depth. It speaks to the fact that the future is so bright. And um, we're, I'm really excited. Really excited to see these guys develop because I think the – Man, they can be incredibly special. It's all about if they continue to stay humble to me. That's the whole story. If they stay humble, if they stay coachable, uh, we're, we're in a very special era. I don't know how else to say it of Purdue basketball if those guys can stay humble. Uh, T. Rick says, just got in. Merry Christmas as I watch this from the start and way behind. Well, you can do what I do when you're watching on DVR, just kind of speed it up at the boring parts, and you can probably, you've gotten to know me well enough to know when the boring parts. I, when I watch tape, I can't find a boring part. I mean, it's all, all A-plus content. Top drawer stuff. But I do appreciate you tuning in, kind of live. Todd Schleister says, uh, Kaufman Wren is all Big Ten next year, and I tend to agree. 
Uh, Kaufman Wren, the thing I love about uh, Trey Kaufman Wren more than anything is the fact that he loves contact. And I've spoken about this a couple times, but you can tell, man, he eats that stuff up. One thing he's got to probably work on when he's more of a primary role, his defense isn't where I think Painter would like it to be. Um, and I think it'll get better. I think his his lateral mobility might not be quite what Edie's is right now, but Edie's wasn't like this a season ago. Or two seasons ago, surely. Um, Trickoff and Wren has amazing upside, but his 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 toughness, his strength, he's already changed his body. He looks bigger and stronger than even just last year in the limited minutes he had before he was redshirted. He plays differently. He had some moves the other night, some spin moves that put those guys on skates. And they, they were not they were not um, like slow, thick centers. That one guy, eleven for New Orleans was very thin, and he could not stay in front of Trey Kaufman Wren. In fact, they had one move that confused the officials so badly, which was hilarious. They called it travel on Wren. If you watch the replay, he left with his – it's not a very good play. I'm sure Brandon Brantley didn't love the play, but he left his feet with his back to the basket, spun in the air, and hit a, hit a turnaround. It was very close, but not fundamentally sound. He's a very talented guy, and it's going to get only better. Um, let's see. Darth Vegan says, uh, TKR, all Big, Ten, well, uh, all, all Big Ten next year, assuming ED is gone. It's a good point. I was just reading an article before I got on here that there are people that are talking about where will ED go in the NBA draft, and if you don't pick him, how much you're going to regret it. I tend to look at Edie's upside just incredibly high. Obviously, we've all heard the stuff about he hasn't played basketball for very long. But to me, Edie is going to be a very special player because he's going to continue to get better. His jumper will get better. He'll be able to play out further away from the basket if a team wants to draw guys away from the lane, open up for a guy like like Ivy, who, by the way, if you've watched him play, he is a, he's a different player now too. He's playing a lot with the, the other night when he scored 30. He's playing point guard now. Um playing with a different pace. He has a slower down game, which he really didn't have the ability to do at Purdue. He can slow it down and wait on things to develop. It's good to see. Like I said, when he left Purdue, it's a shame we didn't get to see the best version of Ivy. Uh, remember, he'd be a junior this year, so that's kind of tough to swallow. But Matt Painter has done an amazing job, not only building a pipeline, but just building a roster. Incredible. Um, uh, let's see, Ted Berkey says, we will lose uh, anyone outside of Jenkins before next year. Will we lose anyone outside of Jenkins before next year? So this is a hard question to answer because we're in such a weird era where guys just leave um, and you hope nobody leaves. It looks like this roster is really well constructed. It looks like it's constructed with guys that want to be at Purdue, but you just don't know. Um, I hope I hope they stay intact. It would be amazing if they stay intact and regardless if Edie wants to stay or not. Uh, but no, there's nobody that's that's scheduled to leave other than Jenkins, which is incredible. Danny Conway says, does Edie get drafted this year? Hope he does, but his style uh, his style is not really NBA. Okay, people say this all the time. Style's not NBA, but if you look at his the way he moves, he moves a lot. I think he's a lot better in his lateral movement than Isaac Haas ever was. Okay, that's the first thing. His... His hands are incredibly soft. He is so good with catching the ball. Um, he's even good at passing out of the post now. He can shoot with either hand, which is a big deal. And I, I'm convinced. I'm convinced he's gonna he's gonna have a jump shot in the next two three years, whether at Purdue or someplace else. And I don't even know if he has it now. I just don't think there's any need to have him popping out to three. It would not help Purdue really, um, because he's not gonna draw a double team out there. He's definitely gonna draw, draw a double and a triple team in the lane. So. 
Yeah, I hate the NBA, though, honestly. I can't stand the fact that some guys who are clearly great basketball players just can't make it in the NBA because of the nature of the game and the nature of the fact that everything is based on potential. You have, you have only so many roster spots, and a lot of guys get roster spots based on the fact they might be good. Well, Zach Eadie's damn good right now, right? So I'm not, uh, I am selling the idea of Zach Eadie being a great pro. He is a great basketball player. He has a tremendous work ethic. I don't know what you wouldn't want, but screw the NBA. Sorry. Um, uh, Typovich1 says, Lawyer won the high school three-point contest last year. Yeah, Lawyer can shoot. His, his, his YouTube videos are incredible in high school. He's, he's a great shooter, and he's really comfortable shooter, and I think he'll get it back, but it's pretty weird. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to theorize anything. Steve Prio says, uh, What? Edie played baseball and hockey? It's something I hadn't heard. Yes, me too, Steve. Just read it this morning. Um, Midwest Toker again says, I'm old school. I believe when you commit, you should stay it out. You and I both Midwest Toker, but here's the thing. It's a funny Midwest Toker is talking about responsibility. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm old school, but I, there are sometimes you can see where a guy, it's not a great fit or they're buried on a depth chart. And I get it. I really do. I think Painter's pretty fair-minded too. There are a couple guys where he's been saying, hey, you'll have a better chance to play next year. I think Wheeler was one of those where he said, you're going to play someplace else. We just don't have the spot for you here. I think Painter encourages guys to, to explore if it's there. I don't know exactly what happened with Eric Hunter. Well, I still am curious to find that out. The rhythm of when he said he wanted to go. Did he ever say he wanted to come back? That sort of, sort of thing. But uh, everything has worked out pretty damn well for this Purdue roster. Regardless if it's Hunter leaving or Nigel Pack not coming, it's worked out great for this Purdue lineup. Um, even Jenkins has been an excellent fit. Uh, a guy that can come in and just wants to shoot in big-time atmospheres. That's awesome. Um, let's see. I'm at 25 minutes. Dagnabbit. Uh, Ted Berkey, uh, he's talking to somebody else. I'm going to let that be the end. I encourage you to uh, go check out that uh, my, my playoff concept. Uh, just see what you think. Leave comments in the, uh, in the comment section. Again, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in today live. Thanks for listening on... Uh, via streaming or on recording, whatever. Um, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Uh, one of the things that I am blessed by, honestly, I'm blessed uh, by the fact that uh, a bunch of people I've never met in person, well, there's, there's one of you guys on here that I've met, um, but many people that I've never met, I've become buddies with via this venue. That, that's a big, it really is a blessing to me. And, um, and I think, uh, as people, we should we should be, really be cognizant of that, especially around Christmas time, how blessed we are. So thank you guys um, for for being, you know, here. And one of the guys on Twitter, he said, "I feel like you're my Purdue buddy. I don't really have that anymore," and that's that means a lot to me. So Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to your family. God bless you guys. Um, I hope I hope if you got little ones, I hope it is a blessed Christmas and they don't just go straight to the cardboard boxes. They actually appreciate the thoughtful gifts you give them because my kids never did that when they were younger. Hammer down. We'll see you.